welcome back to another Retail Adventures podcast with Kaiser, Bender, and Baum. I am the Baum in Kaiser, Bender, and Baum. And with me, as always, are Rich Kaiser and George M. Bender. Hey, guys. How are you, Jason? Good to see you. Good. Welcome back to another week. That's right. We have another special guest this week. We have Mary Liz Curtin. Now, Mary Liz is the owner of Leon and Lulu, Metro Detroit's award-winning lifestyle retail store. It's located in the historic Ambassador Roller Rink. And then she has a restaurant called Three Cats that's located in the Clawson Theater in downtown Clawson, Michigan. She sells one-of-a-kind and custom furniture. She has a spectacular selection of gifts, books, toys, accessories, and women's clothing. So she's also a speaker and a good friend of ours. But we wanted to bring her into this episode where we talk about getting your store ready to reopen because Mary Liz is living it right now. She has a retail store and she has a restaurant. So she's up to her ears in what's going on and, and how to reopen. Welcome, Mary Liz. Well, it's so nice to be here. It's always fun to play with you guys. That's right. <laughs> you know, Mary Lou. Uh, Liz. Liz, Liz, Liz. Mary Liz. I've known her a long time. What can I say? I just mental. Okay. Mary Liz, one of the things I I'm going to change it to make your life easy. <laughs> it's good. He was then calling me Mary right. Lou before too, so don't yeah. don't worry about it. You know, one of the things that I have enjoyed about you in your store is the fact that every once in a while you've taken us on a video tour and you've told us what you're doing inside the place. And I have to tell you, we see a lot of stores spectacular kiddo i mean every Thanks. time we see the inside of your store and listen to your story we walk away really motivated to help other people yeah, you know it's a short Liz. drive to visit us well I we're know. under sequester we can't get out no but traffic when we can we will yeah no traffic we feature you we have featured your videos your high-tech videos mm-hmm. on the retail adventures webinars but we'll talk about that later so jason Give us our worldly update. The world is uh, is different, but I think we're all kind of getting a little strangely used to it um, in our own ways. Uh, some some good news: CVS and Walgreens, and I'm seeing a lot more of it. Um, retailers are are now providing virus testing, um, so so that's happening. Uh, in addition to where I am, colleges are offering drive-through testing. Uh, through their facilities, um, the PNC Bank Arts Center, so a um, an arena, is offering drive-through testing here in New Jersey for asymptomatic tests. Um, so they're really doing a good job ramping up the testing for COVID, and I think that's part of the whole release. Our dermatology center is now offering tests to see if you have the antibodies. So I'll be going over there later. Yeah. And, <laughs> I'd offer them if I could figure out how. <laughs> I, I think a lot of states would do the same. Um, and uh, and we just got notified actually here uh, that the antibody tests are available and we're actually um, able to get those through the local urgent cares um, as well as some doctor's offices. So um, they are ramping those up. They're getting those out. Uh, uh, the antibody tests are met with a little bit of criticism, I think, right now, and they're not really sure what to make of all that, whether it's a false sense of security or not. Um, there was an article that today that came out about that um, and the whole... Um, 
uh, passport thing. If you were uh, if you were positive and you had the antibodies, they were saying, well, you might have a passport to go around because you can't get it again. Well, now an article that came out today uh, is saying that's not necessarily true. They don't have enough data. So I don't really know what an antibody test is going to do yet. And until we have that data, I, I probably wouldn't be out and about anyway. Um, all, all we know for sure is do not drink or inject sanitizing sprays or Clorox. Yeah, I was trying to do some fun names. This could be a, a, a homework for our listeners. Give us the best name of a Lysol drink. <laughs> you might want to watch the Randy Rainbow video that came out a couple days ago about uh, ingesting cleaners. It's really, really funny. <laughs> Gotta look it up. Don't ingest cleaners. Boy, I have a line there, but I can't say it. Okay, okay don't. Okay, Jason, we interrupted you. Yeah, so, and, and then um, the payment protection program got its infusion of, of cash, um, and it's, it's going quickly. So if you haven't already applied for it and you can apply for it, we would definitely recommend that you talk to a local bank, talk to your accountant, whomever, um, you know, handles your, your money and see if you are, are able to get that. Um, but with the, um, uh, with that infusion of cash, the portal, cra- the portal for, um, the small businesses administration crashed, uh, making it really hard for people to apply. Um, it's back up and running. And, um, if you haven't applied, uh, go for it because that 400 billion is going very quickly. I hear we got some of it this morning. Congratulations. Awesome. Our restaurant got the PPP. Yeah. And, and you know what is also happening? Big, larger businesses were taking from it um, and they were met with a lot of criticism and they are now able to pay that back. So one of the businesses that took uh, quite a bit, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers received a $4.6 million loan. They've always looked like they were hurting to me. Yeah. Well, these past few years they have been. Uh, they're going to pay you know, it back. Every to apply for this loan, you're instructed to go through your bank. So someone at their bank approved that they get that loan. They approved Ruth Chris's. They approved Steak Shack, who gave their money back. All of those were approved by someone who knew they weren't a small business. Harvard said they never even applied, and they got millions of dollars. So. Hopefully this go around, it will go to actual small retailers who need the help. Yeah, small just businesses. Point of question. Isn't Ruth Chris, though, a franchise environment? S- separate owners? I don't know. I No, I think she has different locations. She had each one of, well, whoever, whatever it was, each location applied. Right. So maybe, maybe that's valid, but they got a lot of money. Yeah, I know Shake Shack was the other one that was a, a big name that got criticized for taking money. Um, yeah, and then just to, back. yeah, they did there. And that's the thing. They're now able to give the money back, which is uh, probably the best thing um, since a lot of small businesses are really hurting right now. Um, and then to wrap it all up, um, the reopenings. And I know we're going to be talking about that in today's show. So this is the best place to kind of wrap up the news update um, in, mm-hmm. uh, in Mary Liz's uh, uh, home area of Michigan and, and uh, outside of Detroit, General Motors, Fiat, and Ford are resuming car production in Detroit starting May 18th. That's cool. Um, awesome. 
So it's a, it's a little bold, but but probably a good move um, for for the economy, especially in the. I'm in not the region. sure those factories are as bold. It's as bold a move in the factories as it may appear, because I think they've really figured out what they have to do to keep their employees safe. So I, I don't think that that going to work every day in a controlled environment by some by a big company like that is nearly as dangerous as well, like. George Ann going down to Starbucks so her internet connection would work. <laughs> yeah, I think, and that's what we're going to be talking today. It's really all about, I mean, protecting your customers and protecting your employees. So 19 states are set to reopen by early May. Illinois isn't. We're under lockdown until May 31st, and they just passed in Illinois last week that non-essential retailers could open up to do curb service. Can't come in the stores, but you can do curb service up until... Last week, they couldn't do that. And they also passed it this Friday. Anytime we're out in public and we're not in a place where we can social distance, we must wear masks. So there you go. So right, what's going on out there right now is that it's all over the place. Uh, different states are doing different things. Different cities have different rules. You could be in a town and the one right next to you has one rule and you don't have a rule. It's like, it's like the, it's like the hunger game. Who's going to, who's going to be out in front. So the non-essential retailers can now provide curb service. And remember before all this started, we were all over BOPUS, buy online, pick up in store. Well, now the new term is BOPAC, B-O-P-A-C, buy, buy online, pick up at curbside. And right now, BOPAC is the new BOPAC. <laughs> can't believe I'm laughing at that. So here's what we know. From all the conversations we've had with retailers, Mary Liz, we've had this conversation with you. You've had with other retailers. The retailers aren't sure what to do. We don't know. We really don't know what's going to happen when stores do reopen. Are the customers going to be ready to shop? Are they going to be afraid to? Are the stay-at-home rules and social distancing um, how long will they be still recommended by experts and governor officials? We do know this, that when you get the okay to reopen your store, you want to start slowly. Have a soft opening, open for a couple of hours to make sure that you have everything lined up and sanitized and policies in place and all the things that you need to do because there are so many new things that you need to do now to reopen your store. You can't just run in the next day and open the door and say, hey, I'm good to go. Um, no shoes, no shirt, no service has to be replaced by no mask, no service. No, you know, but on the other hand, it's a new fashion accessory. It's like the new headband. It's like the new reading glasses. You're going to need 45 masks so they match all your outfits. There's always are you a selling little... masks? Yes, are you selling are. masks in your store? Absolutely. Are, you, are they are you, you the ones like... Do you, do you have the mask that like they look like half of your face is a skeleton or big lips or you know? Uh, not yet, those? but they're on order. I want. Well, you let me know when you get them because I want some of those. You know the new assessment. Here, here, here's what I think is going to happen, George. I do think that you know you better open and be careful because you don't want all the eyes dotted and the T's crossed. But I think that we're going to have a consumer that's going into stores that are going to be looking for new cool things because they want to be lifted up. You know, we've got a customer now that has been denied the right to get the excitement of shopping and see cool things. 
and they know what you look like when they left. You can't look like that when they come back. You know what? It's got to be a new environment. It's got to be an energy environment. And, it's, and, and so I think that a lot of people, I hope, have been unpacking boxes all during this and working in the store themselves as owners. But I also think that you got to be very, very careful. The minute you step up to the front door of the store, so to speak, it's got to be an exciting kind of almost a Disney environment. Where well, boy, right now, I've never right seen now, it before, but but I think that that's the critical point. First impression has got to be really a great impression. Right now, you cannot go into the store. No, I know that. The minute, so they, that first, the, that's the, minute the minute they reopen. The minute they you know, reopen. So right now, you know, we've been talking in, in our podcasts and webinars the, for the last five weeks about how to merchandise the front of your store and what your windows need to look like, et cetera. Yeah, last weekend, this past weekend, my husband and I went to Long Grove, Illinois, which is this really quaint shopping district in Illinois. And there were lots of stores there that were just closed. And when I look, obviously, but when I looked in the windows, there were just piles of boxes and merchandise and crap right inside the door. Now, maybe they're packing you know, maybe that's how, they, then cover your windows because it looked, it literally looked like a tornado had gone off in most of the stores that I looked in. Well, I think you'll see in many places, uh, there are lots of people walking. So there's more foot traffic in a lot of areas. We're in a, a downtown on Main Street and it, we've got more people walking by than we ever have. Yeah. So you got to look good when I look in the window. Yeah. And I, I'm in, I'm in a similar area with, uh, with a lot of foot track it, traffic and we have, um, you know, a lot of people on the streets and we have a good main street, if you will. Um, and there are some funny signs. There are people who are, um, you know, not, not making light of it, but, but at the same time, you know, not being, um, not being too stiff, you know, they, they have some funny signs in the window, you know, they have to be closed. I might as well make the best of it with something funny in the windows that people will remember. So that if they go by again, you know, maybe they'll come back to the store when they can something yeah. don't just disappear. Long Grove was doing this thing called Stop, Pop, and Go. Shop, Pop, and Go. So you shop online or you phone in your order, you pop into the store, pop open your trunk, and then you go to get people in there. You know, um, <clears throat> I think we're going to for sure see things like plexiglass shields that cash wraps, and we're going to see boxes on the floor that tell us how to social distance. I read an article, Mary Liz, that this retail consultant was recommending that you take all of the merchandise off your floor and put it in the back room that everyone thinks is behemoth, put it in your back room and then just set up a showroom where you just show one of every item. I suggest he should get a different job in a line of work for which he is better suited. <laughs> that's what I, that's exactly what I thought. I called just Richard a thought. Spoken is a rough hewn retailer. That's, that's, you know, a, a lot of this is going to be dictated by the customers. We'll, we'll have gloves. I expect them to come in here wearing gloves. I don't expect them to touch things as much. We've stretched out our merchandise. We're not as jam-packed as we usually are to make it easier, but we have the benefit of really a big space. Um, yeah. whatever, whatever size your space is, anything you can move around now, even if you haven't been getting merchandise for the last 44 days, you've got stuff there you can shake it up. Move it to the front, yep. move it around, dust it, 
make it look new because you know they haven't seen the stuff in six weeks it's a lot of it they're going to forget that you had but you want to look alive and vital and have the music be pumping and it be a fun place to go how we're going to deal with how many people we can have in our stores at a time is certainly an issue that none of us know the answers to and it's going to vary state you know. Well, that's interesting that you bring that up because um, I was reading an article from Bloomberg uh, that came out yesterday um, that two top trade groups, the Retail Industry Leaders Association and National Retail Federation, uh, and I know we're going to kind of bring this up later, but maybe I'll bring it up now because <laughs> it's pertinent. Um, you know, they're working with some of the big boxes, um, Walmart, Target, and Best Buy. And they've basically gone to the government and said, rather than state by state openings, they would prefer to open all of their stores at the same time and have the same guidelines in place for all of them and have something uniform rather than piecemeal it. Um, and yep. that's, that's interesting coming from some of these big boxes and with the powers of those two um, associations behind them. And one of the things that they were, um, that they put on the requirements list of reopening was no more than five customers per 1000 square feet of shopping space. That's pretty common. Uh, I'm looking at their report right now and we'll be on our retail adventures blog by the time you hear this podcast. They go through all three phases of reopening the store. The first one is allow e-commerce, contactless, curbside pickup, and in-home delivery. Phase two is reopen the stores to the public with social distancing protocols and reduced occupancy. And phase three is establish protection, then lift all restrictions. So they have, it, it's a pretty good checklist for your store and for your employees. I think they're doing that in Georgia at the nail salons and the hairdressers that opened or the movie theater. Yeah. yeah. You know what? what? What was the thing we read about today? They, it was on retail wire today. They're, they're coming up with a new way to sanitize entire buildings. Um, I forget what it's called. But I, I thought, you know, we've been following very closely what's going on in Las Vegas because Rich and I work in Las Vegas an awful lot. There's a lot of trade shows there. And I've been following what the casinos are doing and, you know, how they're preparing and, and getting ready. And there have been so many leaked documents from the casinos. And they're talking about the big thing that came out yesterday was MGM Grand is talking about sanitizing rooms. So, you know how you have like the toilet seat sanitized for your protection and there's a, a strip of paper? They're going to do that on hotel rooms where the, the room is sanitized for your protection. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's everybody for themselves so far. There's not any, you know, there's not any big book of guidance. Just don't. Drink well, I the think belief. one of the most important things for our independent retailers is not to overreact and not drive yourself crazy with trying to do everything and worried about every single, because you can't. And until right. we really figure out what the right thing is to do, I think I'm worried that there are lots of people who are going to go launching off into sanitizers and into all sorts of stuff that will then prove not to be worth what little money they have had to just wasted on it. You know, it's really how many interesting. Phone calls, that was a sentence. How many, how many phone calls have you received from people that want to come and disinfect your store? We got three today to our office. Man, I haven't had any. Really? Maybe they think we're clean. You're getting telemarketer cleaners? We're going to refer you. Yeah. We're going Thanks. to refer you. You know, when you call us, we're going to say, go, get, go over to Michigan. <laughs> you know what I saw in the New York Times? 
it was uh it was a crazy picture um in atlanta barbershop and uh the guy opened and he's making his uh customers fill out a waiver that says if you contract the coronavirus basically by coming to the business like they're not liable which is interesting uh, do you see other retailers doing something like that or is that a little excessive i see people who often have a grip that isn't as tight as maybe it should be saying what about liability and then they get nowhere after that they just start screaming what about liability so i don't think that that's something that i'm going to worry about right now i think it'd be pretty difficult no. to to take a court and convince them that I got this and I got it in that particular store. I think that yeah. would be a pretty hard shell to, to crack. But I mean, yeah. that's just me as a guy that doesn't have any legal background. I, 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 you know what, here's what I really believe. I believe this is like, like another first date for a lot of people again. In other words, you know, they were going out, they're having a great time and then all of a sudden it all stopped, it all dried up. And I think there's a lot of enthusiasm for people just to get out. And to then to be entertained by the retailer. And entertainment doesn't mean they're going to go in and buy tons of goods. They're going to go in and just breathe the excitement. And, and I think that's what people are looking for. And Mary Liz, I know because I walked through your store virtually about a week or two ago, I think it was. And you took us through. And, you know, when I, when I saw what you did in the store, what you do in the store really all the time, but... I thought, man, the perfect sign for the front of your store was wait till you see what we have in store for you. What, what a welcome back sign that would and be. And I got to tell you, it looks better now than it did when we did that video. Well, and, and, and so you're going to win. You're going to win. I'm not saying that you're going to break all sales records, but you're going to win the fact. Well, we've broken them all for the last six weeks. <laughs> I'm not surprised. That's good. Not surprised. Look, Rich, it's a fun Rich, you, you, Rich loves, wait till we see what we have in store for you. Oh, I do. I think, you know why? Because it, who else can challenge that? Nobody can challenge it. And it's right. So and it's true. We did a, a very unscientific poll. About 100 retailers answered the poll. The one was, if your store has been cleared to reopen, aside from sterilization and social distancing, which guidelines have you been asked to follow? Guess what the response was? There haven't been any? No response whatsoever to that question. Some, a couple of people came on and said, they have not asked us or told us to do anything. Has your state, Mary Lou? Nope, nope. We're just, but we're only legal now for um, curbside pickup and shipping. Okay. At our restaurant, we've done the same thing. We <clears> didn't <throat> take out before, but our chef developed a series of menus, three dinners for 40 bucks that are fabulous and they're designed to travel, not. So he really thought, what do our customers need? How can I serve them? Rather than what am I trying to get, you know, how can we increase sales? It was what, what would Georgianne like for dinner? So she, you can get three meals with soup, with dessert, 40 bucks. You can either pick it up or we'll deliver it. And it's kept three cooks and two front of the house people working for six weeks. We did over 400 meals at Easter. <clears throat> All right. So, wow. So you guys listening to this, what can I do to serve my customers? Not what I should do to be making money. So that's, that's brilliant. I saw when you did that, I thought, yeah, too bad you're not around here. It's all right. But, but I think with in retail, always, if you think about how do I make my customer happy, how do I take care of the charities that we serve? 
if you think that way first, it always ends up with sales. If yeah. you think just how am I going to sell more of this stuff, it's not as much fun as you think about it as, as looking at it the other way. Mary Liz, let me ask Good you, point. how long have you been closed at retail? At retail? How long have I been closed? Uh, yeah. Since March 16th. Okay, so since March 16th, you've had goods coming in the back door, correct? I'm, I'm presuming. Fewer and fewer. <laughs> right. Yes. The, the case is, what changes have you made in the store, especially like up in the front of the store? Have you done anything like that? Well, we, we have, we're an old roller skating rink, so we have a giant wooden floor, which we polyurethane 15 years ago when we were, were getting open. So we took this opportunity to completely repolyurethane that floor. Wow. So at the end of last week, basically our store, store looked like somebody had picked it up, shaken the building, put it back down. So there, we've had to move every single piece of furniture, every fixture, every everything. I found dust kittens as big as my head. It was fabulous. But now we're completely redoing all of our vignettes. John is going through and going, it's a whole new look. We're spreading things out so that if you sit in one of the living rooms, you're not as close together. Um, and then our feature table in the front will feature something we don't, we haven't figured out what it's going to feature yet because we don't know when we're opening. That Good changes. Thing. Of course, we have an eight or 10 foot table in the front that changes constantly. So that'll all look fresh and new, but we're really going to have a whole new looking store because we'll never get, an, oh God, hope we never get an opportunity like this when we can do these yeah well, that's true the restaurant we completely repainted inside the building rebuilt the which plant. is tough to do when you have customers yeah they don't like the smell of dinner i don't know why no. i like Let how you use the question. word opportunity though you know because because uh, you're seizing the moment kind of you know as unfortunate as it is to really revamp what you're doing and well that's... we looked at it as a chance for a do-over mm -hmm. i'm vacuuming out my basement uh, that's good <laughs> So Mary Liz, have your people that work with you, have they seen what you've done inside the store? Or they, are they... We've got four people on staff, um, and I don't know how we're gonna bring people back, which is another problem many of us are facing. We have a number of employees who are making more money, thanks to that $600 a week, on unemployment than they were making for us. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm afraid that some of, and we pay fairly well. We pay, you know, $15 an hour is where we try to get a lot of our staff and hire. They're not going to make, anyway, I don't know if we're going to have trouble getting some of them back, which will be an interesting challenge. I or just at, least until, at least until, until the July runs out. Right. Yeah. There's a so CNBC article that, um, you know, a lot of people are, are facing the same issues where their employees are actually asking to be laid off. Uh, we that we have trend. had that happen. My friends are making $900 a week staying at home. What am I coming to work for? Yeah. So that's another challenge. And that's going to be a little bit of a challenge with the PPP. Um, they want us to employ everybody at, at the same levels, which is a problem because it brings more bodies into the store than you need financially. And it also brings more bodies into the store breathing on everybody. So if I can only have you know five people per thousand square feet, I don't want to waste any of it on extraneous staff right there's a lot yeah. of things about this stuff that weren't really thought perhaps all the way through thought through all right so the, the next question in our poll you you sell clothing so this will be a a big one for you too so the question was when you reopen your store 
Will customers be permitted to try on clothing? 88% said yes, 12% said no. The next question was, have you been instructed by your state or community to close your fitting rooms? 29% said yes, 71% said no. What do you think is going to happen with people coming in to try and close in your store when you have the ability to reopen? They're going to come in. They're going to try on clothes. We're going to steam them, um, and you will see something about this in the next few days when I get the website together. There is a number. If you steam it to a certain degree, it'll kill whatever on your clothes. So we'll let them try it on. Then we'll steam everything. Should we get a return? We'll steam everything. Um, and then the, the fitting rooms, after somebody uses it, we'll wipe them down. I'm expecting that's what, what's going to happen is people will buy stuff and take it home and bring it back. I think they'll try yeah. it on home and we'll steam it and put it back on the racks. And we, you know, that's, that's, that's another thing with returns. So I, like here, the fitting rooms are closed at Target. They're closed at Walmart where I live. But what pe what's happening is that people are trying on the garments on the floor. They do that here. You anyway. know yeah. <laughs> Remember I like, told you about that. Not going into, fashion. not going into the um, changing rooms. No. Well, if we have okay, like well, a the fashion show, people get excited yeah. and they just they screw it and they just they're there's 25 ladies in the in the department, and they're just trying stuff on. We only have you know, you got, fitting rooms and two bathrooms, so if there's a line, you're probably not you're probably not standing standing there in your underwear, Jason. But you might have a tank top on and you take it yeah. off to put a dress. Take a I, didn't, I didn't ask that question. Yeah, I can see it in your face. <laughs> He's this just thinking that I got a right bunch of 25-year-olds here in thongs changing. Where, no, where did Rich go? Hey, I, I am right, <laughs> I'm putting my sweater back on. Um, <laughs> Rich you know, is in his thong trying on a pair of pants. <laughs> I, I, I certainly hope that, that, that all the stores, Mary Liz, are, are, are like you. Um, to be vigilant enough to have signage put up that, that prepares your statement that says you can do you're safe here. Because I think some people are going to say, I don't know if I want to go in a fitting room. I don't know who's been in there before. And and so you're telling them, yeah, it's really safe. We're sanitizing, we're steaming, we're doing all the things. That that's a that that would be a brilliant move. It's just another assurance that I can shop safe. What are you people, doing in your bathroom? That's right, not your business. Yeah. No. Oh, sorry. Once you once you reopen, <laughs> am I going to have like a miner's hat with lights on? You know, going around. No, we've got we've got you wipes. Would. We've got wipes. Would. We will we'll have wipes in every bathroom and ask people to sanitize after themselves, and we will clean more aggressively. Um, one You're of the big worries is the restaurant business, which is going to be the hardest hit more than any of the rest of us. There are so many restaurants that are tiny, and to impose Force social distancing, they won't be able to sell enough dinners to open. That's a shame. So well, they're going to have to. They're going to have to continue to do carryout. Not that doesn't work for everyone because carryout's a really hard business. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see huge attrition there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost afraid to think of that, but we have met retailers who are making more now with online sales and curb service than they did when their stores were open, which is I'm happy to tell you I'm not one of them. So Mary Liz, but I do think that the furniture business is going to have a nice bounce because I think there's a lot of people who are at home going, I hate this sofa. Oh, that's me. I have started 
you know, I'm a visual merchandiser, store designer. I am. I, I have to be moving stuff around. I rearrange hotel rooms if I'm going to be there for a long period of time. I mean, I move the furniture. Um, I have already moved furniture from my living room into my family room, and and I'm changing. A, we have an office downstairs, and my husband has a study upstairs. I'm already trying to make one of the rooms into an office for me, and I I can't stand looking at the same. And I keep thinking. I'm just going to run down to home goods or I'm going to run over. And I, I stop myself every time. And it's not the same getting it online. Here it is. I got a question for you. Now you're going to open your store and it's going to be beautiful. And I believe that because like I said, I've seen it. How long is it before the promotional signs come up? And I don't mean to turn it into a you know, deep discount store, but how long is it where you start to get back to the normal mode of, you know, selling to people uh, in a more aggressive way without looking like, you know, you're, you're trying to do that. But, but I don't have a problem with selling to people in an aggressive way. I, I just want to make them happy. So we will immediately, our clothing department, as we discussed earlier, is the biggest issue. That's all going to have to go on sale. Dramatic markdowns. Um, I'm a little concerned about facing all the other stores, uh, all the department stores. Some of them are going to open just to liquidate and close. Well, they're going to be they're going to be firing torpedoes at every so that, obviously. And it's one of the things that we have to watch out for is I don't want anybody to think that now that we've reopened, we're Home Goods or TJ Maxx or a constant markdown place because we're not. That's not how we built our brand, and we. We aren't. So we will have stuff that we sell on sale, but we'll be very careful about how we present that. Okay. All so, right. That's good. But if you're, if you're ready for a new dress, Rich, this would be a good time to get it. I just want a Michigan hat. Go blue. Nobody there understands are, you and I, by the there way. There are, all the big retailers have been doing lately, it's uh, Nordstrom last week sent out an email blast. They, ne they do sales twice a year. Sent out an email blast, 70% off your purchase so i think they're going to try a lot of them are going to try and get rid of a lot of it while it's still online well they're in trouble they're right Nord nordstrom's they, in trouble i think they have a year of cash mm -hmm. um i don't know if they've been downgraded i know pennies was macy's was Kohl's was um neiman marcus is going into bankruptcy but i don't know if it's seven or eleven you know they're all in trouble and i think that we're going to see um, a nice bump for the independent retailer at the end of this. I think that we're going to see people who want to shop local and want to patronize the people who gave them a giggle while they were closed. And I think the traffic in the malls is going to be abysmal. I yeah, have to say, though, I have to say, Macy's has to be saved. What did it you say? Has to be. Macy's right. has to be saved. The Herald Square store and the Thanksgiving Day Parade, I, I can't imagine a world where those things do not exist. So, um, you know, I'm a department store girl. I love my independent retailers, but I also love department stores because that's where I started. So but you know I, I sure hope they're around. I think that's more event. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of these stuff, a lot of these things are event driven, right? Um, you know, what you just described were two were events. They weren't necessarily shopping experiences. I know there's a shopping experience tied to it, but th those are events. 
I think what's but you can't have a Macy's parade without Macy's. Sure, sure. The storefront. Um, what's really interesting is like what you, like what you just said, Mary Liz. Um, you know, the big boxes are struggling through this in a way that it's giving an opportunity to some of the uh, the small independents who were set up for this in some ways with an online e-commerce platform or being able to show their store or um, and even distribution wise. Um, you know, Amazon is having a lot of issues right now. Um, shipping, they're not shipping um, non-essential goods. So there's an opportunity right there. Uh, shoppers are looking for other places to go. And sometimes they're going either direct to the, to the manufacturer in many ways, or they're going to these independents who were set up for e-commerce. So it's kind of leveling the playing field in some ways that, uh, that it's interesting. Uh, you are definitely going to see the uptick. We're already seeing it. That's I think good. it's also to remember that buying stuff and shopping are two different issues. Mm -hmm. Buying stuff is when you need a thing of toothpaste or you, whatever it is you need, you, you go online, you find the best price on it. Shopping is when you're searching for something, you're looking, you're trying to find the best one and it's part of the experience and it's, it's an adventure. Right. Etsy was, was doing, Etsy was doing, um, poor, as of going into this, you know, Etsy had been struggling for a little bit um, and coming out uh, throughout this pandemic, I've been seeing a ton coming from Etsy about their stores doing well again. Um, so that's pretty interesting. And Etsy is a shopping experience. Yep. eBay is a shopping experience because you look around for stuff. Amazon is a buying experience. You don't really shop on it. You just go look for what you already knew you wanted. Except for Prime Day. <laughs> then I get whatever fidget they're pushing. So maybe one of the key words in this entire reopening of the retail world is experience. Tell me in 10 words, what was your experience when you walked in the store in 10 seconds? I think that's important. Yeah, but I like that, you know, George? Yeah, that's a good point. And what I do you want? Uh... I think I'll tell you what else you're going to see. Because of what we've just gone through, it's going to be a repeat of the early 2000s. And it's going to be a lot of retail space again available at probably fairly bargain rates that that'll house retailers for another two years. And then they'll, those people find out retail isn't an easy ball game to play and they'll recycle the business again. Because that's exactly what happened in what, 2000? 2008. Do you really think that there's going to be more um, retailers coming into the space though right now yeah, after the pandemic? We'll be, we're putting people out right now. There are a lot of people that could not stomach, did not have the ability to stomach what they just went through. Who has and, capital right now though? Huh? Who has capital to spend on something like that? You, you think there's too much capital? No, I'm saying I don't think no. anybody has the capital. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's, you know, it's going to, there's going to be a flush. I'm not sure what you're saying, Rich. Do you think that after lots of stores close and there's all this extra space that people will start to fill it with new retail? Oh, I, yeah, I do. And here's why I do is because landlords do not take a kind look at empty space. So if, if I was getting for one second while I yell at my daughter, 15, you, if, I was getting, if I was getting 15 bucks a foot, and I got nobody in that space, I'll take 11. And sometimes it might be a percentage over or whatever the case, but we did that in 2008. We, we filled a lot of blank spaces and they emptied well, out accordingly. I um, think what's going to happen in the short term is that the local malls that have had 
empty stores beforehand are now going to have more empty stores and they're going to be filled by those retailers who have homemade signs. That's what I'm talking about. So it's about. not going to be, it's not going to be, it's not going to be chain stores coming back and it's going to be somebody who's always wanted to open up a dress shop and she got cheap rent at the local mall because it's that's, empty. That's what happened at, you know, like strip malls, George, you know, in 2008, you, right. you, you fill the space and then the space. Gets Do you think though that um, showcase stores are going to like make more of an emergence because like what they're doing here in New Jersey um, with uh, Toys R Us, you know, Toys R Us came back as a showcase store and that's it. Um, it's more experiential. You can go, you can walk in with the, with your kid and you can play with some of the toys and it's really more showcase related. Yeah. I don't know how many yeah, parks you can put in the same block, but I'm, but I'm sure, I'm sure there will be showcase, but let me tell you something, you know, you start talking about 10 and 12 and 15% of your income is going to pay rent. Your margins now are getting really sick. And if that happens, you're not going to play that game very long. It's going to catch up with you. So retailers have got, you know, it's, it's all about turn. It's all about turn the inventory, sell the product, and get it back, back in again. That's the key. You know, those showcase stores, they were cool before this happened, and I'm sure they'll be cool afterwards. But my mindset right now as a consumer, and I don't think I'm alone, my mindset right now is I want to see stuff. I want to have a big selection. I want to, I'm not going to let my, I'm not going to let my grandson go into one of those showcase stores that has a lot of toys and, you know, games and things for them to do and touch everything. He can't now. And he might not be able to do that for another four to six months. You know, we were just in, we went to the NRF show in January. Um, I went to Hudson Yards and they have this really wonderful store. there called Camp. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. camp has all these experiences and there's a little cafe and there's craft rooms and they have this one really awesome room. You know, those pillows with the sequins and you push them one direction and then the other. Mermaid skin. Whole, what's it called? Mermaid skin. Mermaid skin. They had a whole, we're putting, we're putting mermaid skin pillows in funeral homes because it calms people down. Um, anyway they had a whole room of that a three-sided room i'm not going in there now i don't know what's in those sequins i'm not going to let my kid in a ball pit it's it just so i don't know how those experience stores are going to do it's about turn it's about turn no question about it if you don't turn it you can't pay to run one of the other issues with the online experience is it's very very expensive to fulfill to ship you get stuck into free freight and your margins at this point, we're not looking at ugly things like margins. We're just looking at any way we can please our customer and get some stuff out the door. Well, right now, that's what you should be doing. I, I but think. the uh, the online experience is labor intensive, and and then at the end of the day, we'll look at the dollars and go, we should have sold a sofa. Yeah. Have you, uh, in our poll, one of the questions was, have you been instructed by your state or community not to accept returns? 29% said yes, 71% said no. So I've heard from customers that stores like Target and Walmart are not accepting returns in stores. You have to send them back. Have you had any conversations like that about returns for your store? We've already, we've always had a very generous return policy and we will continue to do so. And I don't want to make any more rules than I have to. Yeah. So 
and um, what I probably will do with our better customers is instead of charging them for goods, I'm going to let them take stuff on approval. We'll ring it up in the register, suspend the transaction, because what I don't want to do is send you out with a thousand dollars worth of clothing and have you bring $800 back and I have to pay the uh, processing fees on the whole thousand. So I think we're going to do a lot more, let our customers take a lot more stuff home, try it on and bring it back. We already do that with, with furniture. You can take it and try it without paying. Get out of here. You can. Yeah. Or how long can you keep the furniture? For the bar mitzvah. (laughs) (laughs) We uh, generally say 48 hours. Can't do that around here. You don't shop at the right stores. That's why you're home goods. That's your problem. Well, we don't have a store like yours around here, honey. But the, the part of the reason is you look at the cost, and if somebody takes a chair home, it's a twelve fifteen dollars $1,500 chair. If I yeah. chart, if, you know, MasterCard's going to clip me for that money, and I don't get it back when they return it. So, yeah, that's a good point. A lot of retailers have extended their return policy from the usual 30 to, say, 90 days. And I, I think at some point, some retailers are going to get a whole pile of things returned. Yeah, we do 30, except if you get here after 30, we still take it. We're very sophisticated. You're a good retailer. But I think that saying 30 days is certainly plenty of time. My favorite is when somebody comes in, they're ready for a fight. Well, I mean, I was I was in Palm Beach, and, and okay. And then you tell them yes, and they don't know what to do. And sometimes they keep fighting. After you have told them you're going to take it. They're still yelling at you. <laughs> My first job ever up, was customer man. service at Kmart. And, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of those. My, uh, my favorite was someone trying to return a book. And we're, we don't have a return policy on books. This isn't the library. And, uh, yeah, it, it escalated. But, yes, I have many, many interesting <laughs> blue light special, uh, special, special stories. <laughs> yeah, that's, how, that's how Jason got his start into being the – as the industry calls it, the voice of God voiceovers. Attention, Kmart shoppers. <laughs> that was fun. Those blue light specials were fun. What was the hottest blue light special seller? We had socks, dollar bin socks. <laughs> I don't know, it was Kmart, so it was probably like buy one sock, get the other half off. <laughs> okay, I really date myself. I really miss those god awful submarine sandwiches they made. Right in the front door. You remember that? Oh, I smelled. Oh, my goodness. The smell of a Kmart. <laughs> I don't remember that. Now, Mary Liz, you serve popcorn in your store, right? So it doesn't smell like no, wonderful we do like not. popcorn? You know? We do not serve. We have um, somebody reported us to health department for unsafe food handling practices at Leona Lulu. Because, you know, there's a lot of popcorn-based food disasters. We used to have coffee and popcorn at all times but we finally gave up. Interestingly enough, every coffee pot at the hairdresser, every popcorn machine in the back of a hardware store, that's all illegal. And the health department, ah. yep, it's all unsafe food handling. The health departments tend not to do anything about it unless somebody calls, but then once they call, you are stuck. So in order for us to serve <laughs> popcorn, we have to get a three compartment sink. We have to get a new boiler that heats the water hotter. Then you need to, we need to, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So all those popcorn machines at hardware stores and at Sears, not working for you. Well, I just learned something new today, Rich Kaiser. I learned something new. I wonder if Otis Spunkmeyer would come under that. Yep. Would? Mm -hmm. Because we're preparing it 
that's the kind of homemade cookie we used to make. Oh, that's they're great. <laughs> but it we're serving it in we're serving it in a um, unsafe environment. Wow. Ma'am, George, there go my cookies. I know that we served millions of them. You guys have me so cookies. hungry right now. In fact, we used to too. have kids who would little girls who would roller skate around on weekdays and serve hot cookie on weekends and serve popcorn and hot cookies and coffee. Oh, that's a great well, idea. That would just be entertaining. But unfortunately, the roller skating rink closed. Nobody knows where to learn, so we can't find any kids who can skate anyway, except my daughter. Who um, what are, what are your uniforms in your store? Um, we try to get our staff to wear stuff that we sell. Oh, isn't that a good idea? And we often make them. They can wear anything that's in the store, they can model it for the day. We sell a lot of stuff off the bodies of our employees. When I worked for a department store and when I worked for a couple of specialty stores, you had to wear what was on the sales floor. You might be able to get a pair, get away with a pair of random black pants, but they gave us, you know, extra discounts the chain stores did because you, there's nothing worse for me to go into a store and say, I really like what you have on, where is it? I got it on Amazon. Get out of the store. The problem with um, having them buy it is then you run out of the inventory. So yeah. we found that it was a better deal to have them model what's in sale now so that I can take it off of my body and sell it to you. Well, that's you. But I worked for the Gap and they had, you know. That's a different many, story. How many, how many tens of thousands blue, blue work shirts did they have in the, you know, on the sales floor in the 70s? That, that's the argument. The independent can be very strong in a marketplace. Yep, they can be. So, is there anything else before we head into wrap up, Mary, Mary Liz, that you think it's important for our listeners who are primarily independent retailers to know? You know, about getting what I think is important is, first of all, we're, most of us are going to get through this, or we're not, but it's, there's going to be an end to it. You have to try to maintain your cheerful good nature because people don't want to come in and hear how miserable you are because you were closed for six weeks. You want your, you've got to remember that our guests are coming to see us because they're looking for an escape. They're here to have fun. They want to play with something, you know, whether they're looking for stuff to do a, tr a craft, but they're looking for that interaction. And I think we also we can drive ourselves crazy thinking about sanitizing everything every 30 seconds. And I think it's going to be self-leveling. I think as we go, we'll figure it out. But since we don't have any direction yet, it's terrifying. So take it step by step and don't, don't go crazy till you need to. Especially yeah. if you have teenagers. You know, we got kids to drive us crazy. We don't need this to. <laughs> I'm just so glad that my kids aren't still in school, that I have to be homeschooling them and trying to do my job. My daughter moved home. Yeah, she came to. Yeah, I think she thinks we're gonna die, so she came to take care of us. <laughs> That's nice. It is nice. I tried to. I tried to get my son to do that. He's like, "Yeah, mom, it's not gonna happen." <laughs> Social distancing. Here. Social distancing. Mary Liz, yeah. before we get off, would you please be sure and give us again the name of your store in the city? Leon and Lulu, in Clawson, Michigan. And if you'd like to go to leonandlulu.com you're welcome to watch Leona Lulu television, which has a bunch of our videos and some of the nonsense that we have been doing during this particular shutdown. And very shortly, our most exciting new initiative will drop 
Um, can I tell them about our contest? Yes. Sure. Yes. Well, we realized, much to our shock, that we don't have a jingle. So we are starting a contest to write a jingle for Leon and Lulu. And uh, by May 31st, we'll have a winner. Somebody's going to win $1,000 and a big box of Leon and Lulu loot, dinner at the restaurant, and bragging rights for having written the Leon and Lulu jingle. Will you share the entry, some of the entries with us, and we can, we can share them with Absolutely. Everybody? Okay, that'd be fun. And I think we might have a sideline that if you don't do one, you could also do a lip sync to your favorite jingle. Just for fun. I love that. Some videos, yeah, that'd be cool. The the jingle is such a lost art. They used to be so great. Exactly. Well, if you want to describe yourself in saying, do the research on jingles, and your head will be spinning with earworms for days. Georgianne sings one every week for us. I have a jingle for every single thing in my life. Right, Rich? I mean, they just oh my god, they just come out of nowhere. My my nephews are like, Mom, why does Aunt Georgian have a song about everything? What was it? So maybe I'll enter. What convention was it that we were going home and we I'm got not, on the airplane? I'm not singing that. And, and and the whole plane was filled with the conventioneers that we were we worked with, and everybody the said, Nash- George, let us hear the jingle. No. Yeah. That was the national funeral directors, and it was a jingle about my cat, and and they were singing along, and I'm not singing that here. This is so, this is not an appropriate venue for for the jingle. I sang my dog for Mary Liz last night. I'm not doing it again. All well, right. I thank all you right. all for including me on this. Yeah, we're thank you so much, here. Mary Liz. It was really great to meet you, and and Pleasure great having you. you on the podcast. So. Mary Liz and Rich and I are going to be compiling all of the information that we know about getting your store ready to reopen. And that will be up in the next couple of weeks, probably on both of our websites, I would say. Absolutely. Um, Yep. Right now, in the meantime, if you go to our Retail Adventures blog, the address is retailadventuresblog.com. We have posted on there, Kroger Grocery Stores has created Sharing What We've Learned, a Blueprint for Success. And so they put together a 17-page booklet based on what they've known from their, yeah, it is, from their vendors and and from what they've learned in their stores. It's best practices to help other businesses take steps to develop protocols and procedures to reopen safely. And it's really good. And the other thing that they've given, it's free, the other thing that you have a link to is they've made generic signs for every single kind of sign you can think of in the store, washing your hands, social distancing, um, touching merchandise, every single sign you can think of. And they're PDF files. You can download them and print them to use in your store so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And they also have a couple of jingles on there so you can play over, not jingles, a couple of recordings that you can play over your intercom to remind customers to back up. So that all of that is available on our retailadventuresblog.com. And shortly we're going to put up that checklist that the Retail Industry Leaders Association and the National Retail Federation put together the three-phase checkup checklist. So before I turn it over to you, Jason, to bring us home, one thing we know for sure, if you're doing really well in online selling, just because you open your doors back up, you cannot back off of online sales. You have two stores now. And until we get back to some semblance of normality, it's gonna be like that for a while. 
it, don't take away expectations. If they expect it of you, then do it if you've always done it. Yep. Give them more. Give them more. Mary Liz, thank you. That's a good point. Give, Give me more. So one of the things that we forgot to tell you about that Rich and I are doing for COVID-19 is that we have a one-on-one -on -one coaching calls. So for $249, you get two one-half-hour calls a week with Rich and I. We do it via the telephone or on Zoom. So it's two one-half-hour calls for 90 days. And there's more information about that on our Retail Indeed. Adventures blog and on our Facebook. And if you are not sure where to go, how to do it, what your store should look like, what to do with your employees, sign up for Kaiser and Bender's one-on-one -on -one coaching calls. And with that, that about does it for another episode of Kaiser Bender and Bound podcast. Uh, we thank you for joining. Thank you again to Mary Liz for joining us for the podcast today. You can find out more about her store at leonandlulu.com. Uh, recommend going to it once you are able to. And uh, you can also find out more about Kaiser and Bender and this podcast at retailadventuresblog.com. We are available on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, Stitcher, Google Play, and a bunch of others that I'm forgetting. We're all over. You have no excuse. You have to subscribe and you have to listen and you have to give us five stars. There you go. So thank you so much for joining. Uh, send us questions. We'll answer them. We promise. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Take care. Have a great week and stay safe. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye that was fun. Thank you. Bye.